This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Joe Giglio today alongside Hugh Douglas. And Kyle continues to... uh, Come back with breakup songs. Is it sad? The Daryl Morey James Harden relationship is <laughs> bad. Yeah, it's bad. It appears it's to bad. be. It appears to be over, and we'll continue talking about the James Harden situation throughout the course of the show. But the Eagles played a preseason game the other night against the Ravens. They lost twenty to nineteen. Ross Tucker called that game, and he joins us now, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can check out uh, him him out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter. Uh, Ross joins us now. What's up, Ross? Thanks for hopping on, Ross. man. I appreciate it. Yeah, Hugh, everybody, what, my my pleasure. It's funny, I thought you were just playing a Taylor Swift song because it was me. Because you're a Swifter. Because yeah. I'm a Swifty and yeah. she's she's from my hometown. I didn't realize you guys were all playing the uh, – the breakup songs. I'm yeah, it's, it's about to get ugly. By that, by the way, no, that was like, that was for you, Ross. We, yeah, we, that was yeah. definitely for you. But. Uh, okay, but I have a question. Yes, what, if he's so mad, why did he opt in? I, I he, he must he must feel like Maury lied and said, as long as you opt in, I'll trade you real see, quick. See, right? see, I told you. See, Ross, Ross knows where I'm coming from. I, I, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just weird. It just feels like he was told he was sold a bit of goods, and then all of a sudden, somewhere along the line, everything has changed. I got to tell you, Hugh. I, for one, am shocked that a professional sports organization might have not have been 100% truthful <laughs> with a player. It's I, never have never, I have never heard of that or experienced that in my whole life. None of us have, where Ross. They, where they None tell of us you have. one thing and then do another. But I mean, welcome to pro sports, James. But you know what? Here's the funny thing, though. You, you have to know who you're dealing with. And for the most part, Ross, we've been told stories that sometimes weren't true, but we always take the high road because you, you have to because it's it's not a good look. James Harden does not subscribe to that 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 book book of methodology. He he's definitely not that guy. He he's blowing everything up right well, now. Well, so so there's so many interesting things to me about this. So like number 1, you're right. When you're an NFL player, you don't have the leverage that an NBA guy or certainly a guy like Harden has, right? Yes. So even when even when you get lied to, you just kind of tell your agent and your wife about it and you complain about it, but you just don't do anything about it because if you go public with it, you'll never get another job. Yes. Right? So yes. that that's a big, big difference between the two. Um, I will say this, though. You look at the guy is supposed to get $35 million this year. Like, you, you cannot in the NFL come out and call the GM or somebody a liar – if I'm the Sixers, I'm looking right now, and I don't know what the NBA Players Association is, like what's the fine for conduct detrimental to the team, right? Like in the NFL, they would fine you. And in the NBA, it just feels like they're not, they're not able to do that or they don't want to do that. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it feels like whatever's going to happen, James Harden is going to come out the winner in all of this because he's still going to get his money. But to call somebody a liar – 
and double down on it. <laughs> that's, that is strong. And if James- on camera, on camera. And he that goes, let, so me, let me, hey, hey, he's like, let me say it again in case the cell phone yeah. to the right didn't get this. Okay? And, and, and the best part about it, too, is if this is the way he's acting now, how do you think he's going to act once the Sixers do find him? Once the fines do start for conduct. Well, and you know what's weird, by the way? I got to tell you, he never felt Philly to me. I never liked him. I, you know, when they traded for him, I was just so happy that Simmons was gone that I was like, okay, I'd rather have Harden than Simmons because Harden, at least for the most part, like will try, you know, and Simmons had just kind of whatever happened with him mentally. But it was really – there's a reason why both those guys were available in that trade it was really the lesser of two evils. You know, both those guys had issues. By the way, I love that you guys bring me on for my NBA stuff. This yeah. is awesome. <laughs> it's, it's wild. <laughs> he blew Ross. James Harden came and just dropped the grenade in the middle of the room in Philadelphia and just walked away. Well, he's in China, so he didn't walk. He just threw it from China, and he just threw a grenade. That's is that where he is? is? That's yes. where he is, yes. <laughs> you should not be did. allowed to talk trash in a different continent. <laughs> it's, you have to ex- <laughs> at least be in the same continent of the guy you're calling out. It's, it's a terrible situation. There, there's no doubt about that. But, Ross, you called the Eagles-Ravens game the other night and wanted to ask you a few questions about that. First off, uh, just watching that game, who stood out to you on a positive note uh, on the Eagles side during that game Saturday night? Well, so what I think is most important, right, Tom, is like the guys that will actually play in the regular season. And a number of those guys really stood out to me. I mean, that one run by DeAndre Swift, that was nasty. And listen, I liked Miles. I still like Miles. But I don't – I can't remember Miles – ever having a run like that I mean we have to go back and look at where he totally makes a dude whiff and then runs right through another guy's face I mean I I think you know the Eagles have to replace seven starters I guess I feel like there's a pretty decent chance they upgraded at running back so that was one for sure uh I mean Jalen Carter's first play he's going against Ben Cleveland who by the way has started a handful of games in the NFL the Ravens right guard and Carter comes with a right-hand club and just not – Ben Cleveland weighs 370, and he just totally knocks him out of the way. And then the closing speed that Carter had. So I thought that those two guys, more than anything, highly, highly encouraging that they were able to, to look that good. And some of the other guys that are going to play, I thought Edmonds had a nice play. I thought Morrow, who it sounds like the beat writers are down on, I thought Morrow – at linebacker made a couple nice plays. Uh, I thought uh, Kayvon Wallace, you know, I mean, we don't even know for sure who the other safety starter is going to be or who the linebackers are going to be. So I, that was what was most important to me is there are start, and that's that'll be for the joint practices the next two days. That'll be for Thursday night. You know, there's at least one linebacker spot and at least one safety spot where I feel like, you know, a starting job could still be won. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But th- this is what I want to ask you about because th- I just want to tell you, before I ask the question, I just want to tell you what I saw from my purview. Been talking about Marcus Mario the last couple of weeks, and I thought I didn't think he played bad when you talk about having a 13-play drive on your first initial drive. What did you see from Marcus Mario? I think he is a top 10 backup quarterback in the NFL. And I think he's probably better than Minshew. Mm-hmm. especially in the Eagles offense. You know, it's just a lot easier 
to to run offense these days and to move the ball if the quarterback can run. You know, yeah. Minshew was accurate and smart, and he played well against the Cowboys, not so much against the Saints. But you know, Hugh, you were down there. You followed it. The Falcons probably had the worst roster in the NFL last year. Yeah, they weren't I mean, that great. What he was playing with, especially after Pitts got hurt, what he was playing with, for Marcus to go 5-8, and eight, you know, and though, I'll put it in perspective, right? His number two receiver, who almost had the best stats, Alameda Zacchaeus, he's the four for the Eagles, to mm-hmm. just kind of put it in perspective. So I think Mariota is fine. You know, if, if they have to play three or four games at some point with Mariota, hopefully not. But if they do, I think that they'll, you know, if they win, if they play three games, I think he'll probably go two and one. Yeah, I like how you said hopefully not. You threw that in there real quick, though. <laughs> yeah, Ross. Well, of course. Nobody, want, nobody wants to No, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, Ross, and you mentioned him. You look at the defensive side of the ball, and obviously only a, a couple plays for him, but Jalen Carter, the really good rush on third down. Uh, what, did you, what have you seen from him in camp so far this year? And, and do you think – that Jalen Carter is going to be able to step in and make an impact immediately for this team? Well, it's a big question, and it's interesting because I've been to a few practices, and I feel like he's looked good, but it's not like my socks have been blown off. You know what I mean? Like, in one-on-ones, he usually wins them. I've seen the power at times. I've seen, you know, he's got really good explosiveness. He's like like slippery for a 315, 320-pound guy. Um, but, you know, some guys, and Hugh can tell you this, and I'm telling you right now, I'd say it's probably more at D-line and maybe running back than any other position. Some guys, man, when it's a game and the lights are on, you know, and that's why, that's why preseason games do matter because for the young guys, there's guys that are great in practice, and then you put them out there against another team and the lights are on, and it's just not quite the same. And then the, the opposite is true. Jalen Carter just looks to me like, you know, he's a baller in the games. I mean, I, you know, we talked to Nolan Smith last week, and he talked about, you know, when, when J.C., he calls him J.C., Jalen Carter, when he gets in that mode. And he said, man, if you've ever seen it, Ross, like after a play, if somebody pushes him or something, he, and he, and he gets angry, we all say, uh-oh, J.C.'s in that mode. But that's the thing about D. Lyman. Sometimes, you know, you got to get him in that mode. There were some guys, Hugh and, and Tom, that, like, I, I just was trying during the game to not, to not piss him off. Like, I, I don't want them. I, oh, I got to tell you guys a quick story, okay? This is the truth about that. 2002, I'm starting at right guard for Washington, okay? And we're playing at Tampa. They ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. We're playing Tampa in the preseason. And I'm blocking Warren Sapp, like, pretty well. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm doing pretty good. This is back in the day, like, when the starters played, like, the whole first half of the second preseason game, right? right? And I'm doing okay against Sapp. Well, something happens at the end of the play where he and Stephen Davis are yelling at each other. I don't know what happened, but Stephen Davis kind of pushed him off. Stephen Davis, the, you know, leading rusher in the NFC, whatever. And they're yelling at each other, guys, the next play, Warren Sapp lifted me off the ground and drove me back like five yards. He went to another level. And then he and Stephen Davis are still talking trash. Next play, same thing. I go back in the huddle, and I'm like, Stephen, 
Shut the bleep up, dude. <laughs> I was doing fine until you got them all angry. I'm thinking to myself, Steven's already rich, already been to Pro Bowls, already led the NFC. It's my second year. I'm trying to earn the starting job. And Steven talking trash to Sap, who was kind of like uh, a sleeping giant, is screwing me over. That's crazy. <laughs> Ross Tucker joining us now, uh, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can find him at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter. You know what, Ross? I'm curious because I, I watch Jordan Davis, and I think that a lot of people, when they look at Jordan Davis, they're looking at him in the wrong prism. They're looking at him more like a pass rusher. When you see Jordan Davis, what do you see is his biggest attribute for this Philadelphia Eagles team? Right. So the thought process was that he was going to be – an elite run stuffer Mm -hmm. from day one who I think that they think, thought, whatever, that they can get more out of him than just that. But if you ever look like, you know, when free agency happens, those guys that are just elite interior run stuffers like a DJ Reader for the Bengals Mm -hmm. or some of these guys, they get paid. And so I think the thought was, well, if we know we can draft this guy on a rookie contract and he's going to give us that, and then he runs the 40 and he's got these measurables and we can get more out of him, well, then it's worth the pick. Now, he didn't play that many snaps, so it was hard to get a real feel for it. I'm going to be really curious. My guess is, um, I don't know if Eagles fans, because he's, I don't know how many splash plays he's going to have. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I, I think it's going to be one of those deals where people will probably be more excited about Jalen Carter because he might have more splash or flash plays. Yes. But I guess the way I would describe it is, you know, like, not everybody can be the Hugh Douglas. Like, you need the Hollis Thomas, too. Exactly. And you know what, Ross? That's, that's a great analogy because that's, to me, that's what I feel like Jordan Davis is because we had a chance to talk to him, just to give you a little insight. And he said – Five sacks, like for him to have five sacks, I think that's a good year for Jordan Davis. That's a great year. And honestly, what I think they should do, because he's not, you know, he's never going to be like the most agile interior. It's just hard to do at 350 pounds, right? Yeah. Um, He should watch a lot of Dexter Lawrence tape, by the way, though, because that's a Giants guy that is 350 that I think, you know, Jordan Davis could could mimic his game a little bit. Mm -hmm. But what I would do with Jordan is obviously have him in there on rundowns and then – I would have him in there for some passing downs and just tell him to bull rush that you-know-what in front of him yes. as hard as he possibly can. Yes. Because we got the Eagles have the edge, guys. Yes. And the other rusher, whether it's Fletcher or BG inside or Jalen Carter, they can make a move. You don't need him to rush that much. Just tell him to bull rush the crap out of that guy to compress the pocket so that the quarterback can't step up. Even if he just does that three to five times a game, I think it adds value. Yeah, Ross, and another one of those Georgia guys that that didn't play the other night, N'Kobe Dean, and obviously he's supposed to fill a big need at linebacker this year for the Eagles. How important do you think it is that he gets back on the field and gets some of these reps in the preseason before being thrown into the fire week one? Well, I don't know about preseason, but I would be very surprised if he doesn't play tonight and tomorrow night in these joint practices with the Browns because he had practiced last Thursday. But I think that they thought, you know what, he's still coming off the, the little ankle sprain. Let's not put him out there and take the chance of him tweaking it, especially since 
he'd be going primarily with the twos. But I would imagine he's going to get a lot of reps tonight and tomorrow night, and then we'll see. I'll be curious to see who they play Thursday night and who they deem, you know, they want to get some reps. Because I think that that tells you something, right? Like, they wanted Swift to get some touches because they wanted him to get carry, you know, uh, get tackled a couple times. Uh, we'll see what they do at running back Thursday night. But on defense, you know, they didn't play Kobe, but I got the sense that was because of his ankle. And they didn't play Blankenship because I guess they just think Blankenship's that good. But that was – Blankenship was the only linebacker or safety that didn't play – because they were like that established that they were that you know they were like a Fletcher Cox or a Josh Sweat or or one of the corners, uh, which by the way is just bananas. That last year Blankenship played in the fourth quarter of the last preseason game, and now he's like so good that he's sitting there watching with a t-shirt on. Yeah, and it is going to be interesting how it all plays out, Ross. And I wanted to ask you this, and this was a comment that Fletcher Cox made during your broadcast of the game the other night, but talking about you know his kind of voyage into free agency and how he landed back with the Eagles. Here's what Fletcher Cox had to say the other night. It was a, few, it was a tough couple of days, uh, you know, obviously the decision making, uh, you know, where I wanted to be, but, you know, at the end of the day, I wanted to be, uh, you know, I wanted to be back, you know, back in Philly because, you know, the fans, the organization, you know, and so many things that, go, that went into the decision of coming back, you know, uh, and also, you know, I've, I've talked with a few guys that's left the organization and um, and they said, you know, this probably was one of the worst things that they've done, decision-making, because it, it, ain't, it ain't always green on the other side. So that's a lot that went into that. And that's kind of what made me come back. What does that say about the organization, Ross, and how it's kind of viewed around the league? Well, I already knew that, and it is viewed very, very highly. I mean, ask LaShawn McCoy. You ask Hugh. I mean, Fletch probably talked to Hugh. No, you, you know, know what? I want to put went, a disclaimer out there. We asked him that before I, the show. I, it wasn't me, but I definitely feel Ross where yeah. he's coming from. It's just, Hugh it's went different. to Jacksonville for yep. a year and was like, "Let me get back to Philly." <laughs> yeah, um, I was know, heartbroken uh, when Hugh left. Trotter, Trotter's the same way. I, I was teammates with Trotter in '02 in Washington. You know, it's a special organization, and I think it starts at the top. You know what I notice? Because I've been around a bunch of teams, obviously. I played for five teams. The, the Eagles spare no expense in any facet of the organization to win, which I think like people need to understand. It's not necessarily like that other places. Like I guarantee, and I know this is a fact because we talked about it in the first Inside Training Camp show for PhiladelphiaEagles.com. I talked to the head of food services for the Eagles, okay? I'm not kidding you guys. Their cafeteria is by far the best I've ever been in for an NFL team. It is amazing. So if you're a player, you know, that stuff matters. That's where you have breakfast, where you have lunch. If the, if the guys were smart and they were like me, they would wrap up and take home dinner too. <laughs> and But here's the thing. I know that the guy even said it like not every team gives their food services guy the same budget. You know, they're not, they're not like if you play the, the Arizona Cardinals – charge the guys for lunch when i played for the cowboys tom okay the cowboys hugh i don't know if i ever told you this they charge you they payroll deducted 150 bucks a week for lunch no the <laughs> dallas cowboys and it was like garbage like uh fried chicken and mashed potatoes with gravy so i went to like the money guy and i was like yo what's this 150 dollars that's coming out of my check they're like um oh that's that's for lunch and I said, what? First of all, $150. Secondly, 
And he's like, oh, yeah, but look how much money you're making. You, you barely even notice it. I'm like, I'm 23 years old. I said, do you know how many cases of yin- yingling I could get for $50? Like, I, I care. I said, so what happens if I just pack two turkey and cheese sandwiches? And the guy, like, had no idea what to say. Oh, they still getting that money, though, Ross. They, they still going to get that money. Yeah, but yeah. My, my point is, is and, and Hugh can speak to it, Tom, better than I can because he played for them. But, you know, a lot of times when you're on an NFL team <clears> – <throat> Guys complain about it, and they want to go somewhere else, or they think another team's better or whatever. I think if you ask almost any guy that's ever played for the Eagles, they would tell you they loved it. Everything about it, the fans, the organization, everything. I remember a story one time. Um, you know when A.J. Feely, somebody told me this, A.J. Feely went to the Dolphins. I think he got traded there and got big money or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That next year – when the Eagles were in the playoffs, AJ came up and bought tickets to be in the stands just because he loved Philadelphia and loved the Eagles. He thought about, he's the starting quarterback for the Dolphins, and he was at the link in the stands just having a great time because of how much he loved the Eagles organization. I mean, if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what will. Yeah, they're, they're certainly different than the Sixers. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Where Sixers, everybody wants to leave. Eagles, everybody wants to stay. Uh, but just one more for you, Ross. I know, uh, you know it's always gift-giving season. I wanted to ask you about myfrontpagestory.com. What can you tell us about that? Well, so a buddy of mine here in PA started the business, and people don't usually know what to get someone for like their birthday or anniversary, let alone Valentine's Day, Mother's Day. By the way, do you guys realize, I just found this out, September and October are the two biggest months for weddings? I did not, well, really? we know, well, never mind. I was gonna that say, blows I me know away. who got married this weekend, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, no, late, that's mid-August, I <laughs> that's guess. That's September, yeah. Yeah, but no, um, no, but dude, September, October, like, that should be illegal. I had, like, five buddies, Tom, when I was a player that got married during football season, and I was like, well, what, what are you doing? You right. know, I'm a player. And they're like, dude, I, what do you want me to say? My wife really wants to get married in the fall. I'm like, well, what's more important, your wife or me? <laughs> but anyway, if you don't know what to get somebody for their anniversary – which is coming up her birthday, you guys have to check out myfrontpagestory.com. Really, any gift for any reason, it looks like it's on the cover of the Philadelphia Inquirer. It's beautiful. It's a story written all about your significant other. She'll love it. She'll pretty much probably cry, and she'll be having it hanging up in the house, which is amazing because then the next time you get in an argument or next time she says you're watching too many sports, you just point to it and say, oh, did you get a story written about me? No, you didn't. I got a story written about you. Myfrontpagestory.com. Well, there you go. There he is, host of the Ross, Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can find him on Twitter, at Ross Tucker NFL. We'll be on the call Thursday night for Eagles-Browns on NBC. Ross, uh, thanks a lot for Always great on, talking man. to you, man. Yeah, always, always great, great talking talk with you guys. See you guys. All right, take it easy. That's Ross Tucker uh, hopping on for a few minutes. And some really inter- how about that, Hugh? The Cowboys charging for lunch. No, man, listen. He brought back memories when I was in Jacksonville. It was not like – it's different here. I mean, and, and you don't realize that until till you leave. It, 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 he was talking about being in Washington. It's a funny story. Me and Trotter played each other in, in Jacksonville in the preseason. And when I tell you, it was, one of, it was like two star-crossed lovers running across the field, hugging each other, just happy to see each other. He'll tell you about it one day if you ask him. When we saw each other, 
it was like dog. We were looking at each other like dog. Why did we ever leave? Like seriously, it's one. He's not lying about that. It's definitely the truth. Well, that's great. You know, and and very exciting uh, that you know players feel that way. It's great stuff. Two I don't know the next couple months and months that people like to get married. Well, it, a lot of fun things happening over the weekend. Dave Spadaro, everybody, great Dude, job, man. Really, great job. Yeah, Dave Spadaro <laughs> getting married at the link. Last week. Shout that out was, to Dave Spadaro, man. I, I, hey, listen. I can't say nothing bad about Dave. Dave looks out for me all the time. Love Dave to death. Happy hey, congratulations. Hey, with all this strife between Daryl Morey and James Harden, it's nice to know that there's love in the air somewhere. Yes. And, I'm and looking at a threesome. There you go. That and, is, I don't know how that fit, but I'm going to ask questions right after we Love in the play. air, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't don't think Herb was in attendance at the Spadaro. Oh, Herb, 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 listen. You think he was? No, Herb, Herb all over the place, man. Herb, Herb likes to shoot his shot. You talk about, like, listen, I'm an active shooter, but Herb like basketball, not not the other kind. Yeah. Or basketball, be clear. <laughs> okay, I got but, you. But Herb likes to shoot the shot, man. Herb shoots his shot. You better keep your mouth down and shut, boy. <laughs> Yeah, you, you look like you were shooting some Herb's, shots. Yeah, Herb, Herb. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You saw the picture. I saw it. You want to yep. play with me? 215 <laughs> When we get back, Moyer calls on the Sixers. We'll reset the James Harden conversation. Also, we'll get Hughes' observations uh, from uh, the Eagles game on Saturday night. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about the defense and whether or not you expect to be better uh, or not than last year. Also, an interesting Eagles documentary. Uh, that has been green-lighted for September. We'll tell you about that next as well. I'm Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio. Alongside Hugh Douglas, this is the Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP.